This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook in the greatest stadium in the world, SoFi Stadium. That's a billion-dollar screen behind a billion-dollar entrepreneur. That's Joe Tolzman. He's here with me, CEO and founder of Rocket Plan. Welcome to The Playbook. Thanks for having me, David. It's awesome to be here. Oh, my God. It's an amazing uh journey you've been on and I wanted to have you here at the stadium because you know talk about coming from nothing into everything by finding the riches in the niches and what I love about rocket plan is you really looked at the critical business issues that were involved in restoration and insurance claims something that a lot of people have overlooked for literally decades and you found an unbelievable value and business in what other people just completely looked over. What do you think it is about your personality from when you were selling at Dairy Queen and not even knowing <laughs> what the orders were, if I remember correctly, to be able to know a business so well, to be able to find that one missing piece that can make all the difference? You know, I think fundamentally, entrepreneurship is about providing value, and that's how we become valuable. So finding the problem, finding that solution, working towards that goal, it feels so rewarding. And, you know, hard work doesn't pass you by either. And obviously, a lot of immigrants to the United States and to Canada, North America, have found great success just by outworking people and having humility to start a job at the lowest level, but continually learn. How much do you uh, attribute your success to just plain hard work? You know, another essential of entrepreneurship, I think it's hustle. And you gotta grind, you gotta grind. The, the resilience doesn't help, doesn't, doesn't help on its own. You need to be relentless, you need to work it because that's the, one of the fundamentals for success. Well, will you share your story with us when you came over from Croatia and you got your first job, I think, at Dairy Queen? Yeah. yeah. And what were you doing there? I was uh, working the grill first, and then I got promoted to work at a till. Then uh, it was so challenging, you know, pronouncing words I didn't even know what they mean. And people want extra sprinkles, extra nuts, no this, no that. It got so overwhelming for me at some point that I asked to go back to work on the grill, where the, <laughs> only, the only thing I had to worry was uh, cheese and pickles. Right. No barriers to that. And now, when you were working the grill at Dairy Queen, what was your mindset? You know, it seems like to me, there's people that live their lives like tubes, food in and food out, no pun intended to Dairy Queen, but you know, they're fine nine to five working a grill compared to somebody, you know, like the founder of Pickup Sticks and so many others that started as dishwashers or grill people and not even in the food industry, you know, you ventured off to, you know, have a great successful business and career. What was your mindset though as you were flipping burgers with pickles? You know, I knew this was one chapter in my life. So this was the part where I need to learn the language. I need to be able to communicate with people before I can go to the next step and do something else. And that's, uh, that's what a life is about. It's a journey. You know, it's keep going to the next level, work towards your goals. And where was your intention focused? Because obviously you knew it was going to take time to learn a new language and then to develop that language to a point where you could get a different job and then develop that job to get the skills and knowledge to build real wealth. How did you look at with intention the time that you were spending so that you didn't get frustrated 
or quit like so many other people do. Yeah, we don't use F word, David. We don't get frustrated. So, <laughs> you know, it just like have a clear goal where you want to go. And I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep better myself and uh, continue to grow. So this was the part where I had to learn the language and I, I use any opportunity I had, comfortable or not, to get into it, to accelerate the process. And was there any books that you started reading when you came over, entrepreneurial books or otherwise, that had a big impact on you? No, because I couldn't read English. Right. <laughs> well, any that you were reading in Croatian? Yeah, I, I did, you know, yeah. but I, I learned a lot from life. You know, I read a lot of books and uh, any experience from anybody can be utilized for your own personal growth because we all can relate to hardships, even if person, you know, didn't have to learn the language, but there was something else they didn't have, they have to work towards and get better at. And do you think it helped you to grow up with nothing and to come over here with nothing when you went to start your business when you had nothing? Do you think it helped you or hurt you uh, from the place that you were starting at? You know, it, it's hard to say. You know, you can't go both paths and then be 100% be sure what it would look like. But uh, I, I think it definitely put some pressure to keep going because uh, failure is not an option. Yeah, I can see that. You don't even like certain words like frustrated or quitting. Uh, failure is not an option. You must be what you can be. Um, but so let's take a look at Rocket Plan because yep. it is so unique in what it does. What was the original pain point or critical business issue that really inspired you to say, you know what? I think I'm going to start a business to deal with the restoration end of insurance claims. So back in 2012, I started property restoration company with two other employees. Eventually, we grew that company to over 100 employees with branches in BC and Alberta. And uh, when I started, I was the person taking the calls, responding to the emergencies 24-7. It could be middle of the night, weekends, you know, whenever. So I worked with the crew on a job site doing demolition, cleanup, getting all the documentation. And insurance claims are very heavy on documentation and reporting. And then I would work, you know, long hours later, organizing that paperwork, creating reports, estimates, and billing. But as we grew, we hired more and more people. Now we're implementing different software built for this vertical. We went through implementation of three of them. It was painful, three to six months, to realize none of them work. And the reason for that was they were built before smartphones became really smart. And the workflow was backwards. So everything happens in the field on a damaged property. So you got to capture all the documentation, bring it to the office, whether it's emails, paper copies, and upload it into that software, which is just unacceptable. The amount of confusion, stress, inefficiencies, you know, errors that creates, it, it just unacceptable. So I figured I got to hire a software engineer, bring them on staff and build something that works for the people in field to capture data on the go. So we build it this prototype it looked like 1980s dos it had a, <laughs> had a black screen green and red buttons on it but it worked well we were able to capture the data on a go streamline our entire business from reporting estimating and billing ultimately cut out 50 percent of admin labor and we were scoring new business because now we're easier to deal with than any of our competitors for insurance adjusters property managers and it also helps homeowners get their lives back to normal to shorten the claim cycle. And then one day I realized what a massive opportunity this is to help the entire industry solve the systematic issue. And that's why I started Rocket Plan. And how did you capitalize it? I mean, obviously when I would say, you know, 
you work hard enough, it'll tell you all the secrets. You, you learned all the secrets, but there's a million great ideas and a million great secrets out there. Capitalization is difficult, especially you probably didn't have as many relationships as other people, especially in that world. Totally. So it's one of those things where, you know, you get into it, you do it, and you keep building it. So our, uh, our model is SaaS. It's very inexpensive in comparison what value that provides to the user, to the company. So, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a great journey monetizing it. Yeah, I bet. Um, now, through, how many employees do you have now? Uh, we're growing exponentially. Yeah, we're, we're experiencing explosive growth. So we're hiring a lot, but we're trying to keep our team really tight, efficient, so we can always provide the best uh, experience to our customers. We have some of the, the world's largest restoration companies signing on, more in works, and uh, it was great to see that we were able to solve the problem for large national, international companies, but also individual, like family-owned businesses. You obviously are a great leader, which has you know, really helped to create the scalability, but also the exponential growth. But one of the assets uh, is to transfer that leadership knowledge. Um, number one, you know, what does a good leader look like to you? And two, how are you able to empower others to be great leaders? You know, I think lead, uh, lead with grace under fire. I think that's, uh, that's very important. Um, it's 2008, I'm 27 years old. I have construction company, 50 employees, grinding 14, 16 hour days. My daughter is two years old. Um, I'm, I'm working to build a future for my family. 2008 global recession, the world falls apart. I'm looking at my monthly overhead. It's six times my annual salary from not too long ago. And the uncertainty, it feels like you can't breathe, like there's no air. But I keep reminding myself, stay focused. Look what's good, what you can leverage to continue moving forward. And then I get lucky. I lock in the contract doing 230 apartments. And that kept us busy for two years. So, you know, going into any venture, we got to be prepared that things will go sideways, but we got to make a promise to ourselves. When that happens, we're going to stay focused on what can work instead of what couldn't work. Keep the emotion out of it. Just make it work. It doesn't matter how hard it is. Do the right thing. Yeah, I love to look at things as activity. Uh, so looking at today, I have 24 hours of activity, sleep's an activity, family's an activity, activity I get paid for is something I really enjoy. So regardless of the emotional side of it, and that's one of the components of being highly effective and engaged. And yeah. I think there's a nuance between effective people and engaged people and the people that are both. What are some of the traits of the highly effective and engaged people? So that comes also to building a team and you know, building alliances, relationships. What I look for is, uh, is this person a beginner, an amateur, or a pro? And I think those are the three main categories. So whether it's a beginner or a pro, these are the people that take pride in what they do. They want to continue to be better at what they do, whether they're you know, selling ice cream or, or uh, they want to be an entrepreneur or a leader. They always continue better themselves to strive to be better. Yeah, the desire that you must be what you can be, whether you're a beginner, amateur, or a pro, uh, will determine you know your aptitude 
and your altitude, uh, which seems to be progressive. Now, competition, when you come up with a great business model, uh, especially when it has technology as one of the core components, we have to understand and stay ahead of the competition. Yeah. I'm sure that is absolutely uh, something that you face in your industry. How have you been able to stay ahead in your industry? You know, just focusing on user experience and value we can provide. And after that, everything connects, everything clicks in. So it's critical to start with what problem are we solving, how easy it will be for people to use it, and just communicate to them, you know, there's a good solution available. And I want to finish up by talking about recruitment and retention. So recruitment can be not only for client recruitment, but it's, you're scaling so quickly exponentially, we got to have the right people to recruit as well. So I'd love your advice on how to recruit the best people and the best clients, the best vendors, partners, and associates. I think for any relationship to be sustainable, our core values need to be in line. So that, that's the foundation for it all. And what, then, what are those core values for you? Yeah, you know, integrity. So we walk our talk and we do the right thing. We, we actually do it, you know, so it's not just talk. And, uh, and that doesn't we, exist we, very often in your industry, <laughs> the insurance industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be all over the place. But I also have that common goal, share the vision, and, and work together through it. So, you know, the best relationships are developed when you go through the crisis together and you come out on the other end together. So, Yeah, I see a lot of times, too, crises, problems, uh, you know, conflict are great opportunities to build true relationships because the way we handle those are much more influential and impactful than when we have, you know, easy times or a good relationship. And so uh, finishing up, though, recruitment's one thing, but as you know today, um, with the great resignation and the great realization, retention is the biggest critical business issues for scaling a business. If yeah. we lose employees, it's probably the most expensive uh, loss that we can take, and there's no insurance to cover it. Um, how have you done such a great job retaining your customers, retaining your employees? Yeah, knowing the purpose behind it. So it's not, it's not just my purpose, it's the entire team. We work on it together. So when we achieve some milestone, we all celebrate together. And in that celebration, you have to have balance. Uh, you can't build what you've built from nothing uh, without putting a certain amount of time towards the activity of building a business and scaling a business. How have you been able to balance uh, what other people, I don't call it this, but they call it work-life balance. I call it yeah. activity I get paid for and activity I don't get paid for. But you've done an exceptional <laughs> job and have you gotten better at it or have you always been good at it? Yo, the whole live-work balance is um, if you like to sit on a beach and enjoy the sun, naturally you're going to strive to do more of that if you're an entrepreneur at least i am i i like what i i like what i do <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i like to to get into it and doing it and that's you know that's my life so sitting on the beach knowing what i could be doing it would be a torture so you know when you love what you do you do it and that's your balance when you love what you do you never work a day in your life but if you love what you do learn to love what you do it will tell you all its secrets and we're blessed to have Joe here telling us all his secrets as well. Last question, what's next? Continue bettering and, and providing better user experience to our customers. In the same, in the same industry? For now. 
Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. You got to have that open mind, open heart and open hands. And our friend uh, Joe certainly does. Joe Tilsman, thank you so much. Rocket Plan, check them out. They are changing the way insurance works. And I think it would work outside of restoration just as well because we have the same types of critical business issues outside of restoration as we do inside it. 